Hey. <laughs> okay. Good, 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 good. All right. Testing, testing. <laughs> How's our communication today? I feel like it's good. Okay. Well, it better be. How do you feel like it is? It's great. I think we're in a good mood. Which is amazing because I woke up in a <laughs> mode. Okay. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Den Mothers podcast. You are here with your hosts, Lauren and Camille, news anchor Lauren. (laughs) And Sonny Slicker. (laughs) We have got a potential chance of rain and snow lingering right around 32 to 34 degrees today here in Hoodsport, Washington. (gasps) Wow, Hoodsport. I'm resting at a good old 85F. Wow. And could it be sweatier? (laughs) (laughs) Sweat up in my blue jeans. All right. Before we get started on today's episode, we just want to shout out our ladies over at the Frame Creative Agency. Without them, our videos would look like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Without them, our videos would look like what they used to look like. And we all know what was happening there. And we would still be posting once a week on Instagram. (laughs) Anyway, if you have not seen our new branding, go check out our Instagram at the Den Mothers. And also, if you are looking to rebrand your business or your personal life, (laughs) yes. And you are looking for a dynamic trio that is going to just turn your world right upside down. It is our ladies, Liz, Nicole, and Alyssa over at Frame. You can find them on Instagram at The Frame Agency. And if you mention the Den Mothers when you're doing your discovery call with them, you will get $500 off one of their packages. We have a lot of information in today's episode. We are talking about how to communicate better with your partner. Yes. And really with yourself and with anybody, but we're focusing on relationships because that's where we, what we care the most about as human beings. Yep. This is Lauren's specialty. She has an undergrad and master's degree in communication. Yes, which is crazy. I always forget about that, but I'm so smart. <laughs> yeah, I'm so <laughs> smart. Yeah. And both of us have had our fair share of relationships with shit communication. <laughs> Every single one of mine, minus the one I'm currently in. Thank God. So, oh, my God. Shane has actually taught me how to be nice in a lot of ways. Like he's just the best with communication. So that's really nice. I've had a few relationships, not so great communication, some with okay communication. One relationship started out really great and went sour so quickly. So we both have experience and knowledge in this realm. But before we get started, Lauren, tell me a little bit about your week. Oh, yeah. My week has been, well, honestly, it was really fun. And it's been a little hot and cold as well, because with any great change in life, I feel like it can be a little bit confusing. 
And especially the way that I live and Shane <laughs> lives, man, it can just be, it can take a minute to unravel the excitement from reality, you know? Yeah. Shane and I had a really fun week. We went up to Seattle and I did something really exciting and I'm excited to share more about it, but I want to still keep it to myself for a little bit. But yeah, I did something for the first time and it felt really great. And it's been a while since I've been scared and nervous and had to prepare for something and then, you know, went through with it. So it was really great. We stayed in Seattle. Both of us kind of hated being in the city, if I'm going to be honest. It was really gross. Like I I forget that cities are just covered in pee-pee and you have to find your parking garage and it's a whole thing. So we're definitely feeling amazing being in the forest. Yeah. And we're just so excited to get home after that. But overall, it was really fun. Yeah. You had a great experience. Yes, I had a really great experience, and I can't wait to talk more about it. I'm probably going to mention it for the first time in my newsletter at the beginning of April. So we'll see. If you want to join my newsletter, make sure that you click the link in our show notes to join my email list. That's right. How about you, Camille? Other than that, we haven't – we've recorded a little bit closer together, so we don't have that extreme of updates this week. You are celebrating your birthday this weekend – I wonder if you just tell us about what your plans are. Okay. You know what I do? I have actually two weekly updates. I am celebrating my birthday this weekend. My birthday, big bomba, (laughs) is going to be on Saturday, March 11th. We are going to be going to a jungle party. It's going to be at a great location. It's supposed to be a fun DJ. I'm going to have some friends. We're going to do a little pregame. I'm going to dress in a fairy costume because I feel free and wild like a little fairy. And we're going to go dance our asses off probably until the sun comes up. That sounds so fun. Yeah, that's really fun. And then on Monday, my actual birthday, the 13th, I'm going to do just a little girls dinner, a girls get together. I wanted something more wholesome so I'll probably get wake up get the sunrise with Rudy on the beach just hang out for the day do what feels good probably go on a run and then at night I'm gonna do a little tapas dinner with my girls I probably won't even drink I, I probably just want to have a little cheers to celebrate my next lap around the sun well that sounds like a really good time it Thank kills you. me that I won't be there I know me too It's okay. I'm also going to collect my solar energy into some clean water and drink it because that's what somebody told me to do who's a very spiritually (laughs) exciting person. So I'm going to be doing that. Okay. (laughs) Maybe put a crystal up my beehole. We never know. Gosh. Well, if you do, make sure that it has a little leash so you can get it out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can slip right up and never be found again. Yes. (laughs) A leash. (laughs) And my second update is something I have not really talked about, but I'm six weeks into training for a half marathon. Oh my gosh. I bet some of the listeners were going to think you were going to say six weeks pregnant. I'm six weeks pregnant with a marathon baby. (laughs) 
Yeah, so so I've been learning my gear. My dad and I are running it together. So we're training. We're getting him back into shape. And I'm actually having a lot of fun. I forget how much you get to explore a place when you're running. Yeah. And I'm going down all these cool little streets, finding the shadiest places to run because it's so freaking hot here. And I'm having a great time. My body feels great. My energy is great. And like I said, I said this last week, love shooting out of my chest right now. Nothing can bring me down. Nothing can bring you down. (laughs) No. So good, sis. Lauren's back in the library. So for a little echoey, you know why. It was my sound last time. Little echoey, little echoey, but not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Well, I really hope that the listeners can handle it today, that our Wolfpack can handle it. I think we should get started with our topic because it's going to be a good one today. This this is the topic that I have studied the most in my entire life is how to be an epic communicator. Mm-hmm. And Camille, for those of you who don't know, is basically like a gifted relationship coach and <laughs> is just really good with confrontation. Yeah. And that's a skill I never quite had. So you have both of us and yeah. I think this is going to be really great. Yeah, you have both of us. And I might be announcing something within that realm here pretty soon. So make sure you're following me on Instagram at CamilleJoanneXO because I might be diving into new gifts. That's right. If you are in love with this episode, like we hope you'll be, and you learn a lot about how to communicate with your partners or your friends, please share it on your social media. Please leave us a review. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It really helps us to know what you're loving and what you're listening to. And also so many people need help with their communication and with so many of the topics that we talk about. And so the more people we can inspire, that makes our hearts feel really full. So thank you in advance. Okay. Before we jump into do's, don'ts, and give you some expert body communication tactics. We want to start with the fact that our relationships reflect our own internal world. So we need to be doing internal work before we can see changes reflected in our external relationships. Yes. Yeah. We are not going to go into what internal work looks like. We've been doing a lot of episodes about it. You can listen to our anxiety episode, our meditation episode, our episodes with breath work and grounding the body. But it really does feel like the more internal work that we do, the better our communication gets with every person in our life, with our family members, with our friends, with our partners. So investing in yourself, going to therapy, getting a coach, working through the traumas, sitting with yourself in meditation and breath work, those things really start to calm your mind and get you more grounded in your nervous system so that you're not working and communicating from a triggered place. Right. And communication with our partners a lot of the time brings up our biggest wounds and triggers. So we want to make sure that we're working through those things before we're trying to get nitpicky with the communication with our partner. Okay. Yeah, totally. It, like the way that I I like to say this is when we're working with communication with your throat, throat chakra, your, you know, center of that area, it's important that you have a self-survey 
and you say, okay, where am I not telling myself the truth? Where is my communication with myself really blurry? And that just starting there, like, where am I not telling myself the truth? Where am I not trusting what's kind of coming through with me? And also, I think another good journal prompt is just being honest with yourself about the baggage that you're bringing into a relationship. Mm. And I, I think this is important because we talk a lot about like, you know, red flags are a big thing right now, baggage, you know, other people's baggage. And we think a lot about like, you know, maybe your new partner having a kid or having a felony or having a baby mama or a baby daddy or that kind of baggage. But what we don't, or, you know, daddy issues, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But what we don't realize often is that the way that our past partners have communicated with us has sort of trained us in a particular way to be hyper aware of things like being manipulated or being gaslit or those kind of things that we might project onto our next partners. And so being aware of, you know, or just trying to be having the intention of like, okay, what is my partner actually doing right now? And what did my other partners do to me? And I'm projecting it onto this person. And if you are a person who hasn't been in a lot of long-term relationships, more than likely a lot of the communication tactics that you have learned is from the love and the relationships that you've seen growing up. Right. So another reason why we need to go back and heal or at least look at our previous experiences and acknowledge and face what we've been through in our past because we don't want to carry over patterns that are potentially parents or grandparents showed us if those things to us don't look or feel healthy in the first place. Right. One more thing before we get into the do's or don'ts of communicating with a partner is this is kind of a foundational piece. And that is you can communicate. I've said this before. I've said this in other episodes, Mm -hmm. but it's important to say again and again, Mm -hmm. you can communicate To the best of your ability, you can address your own shit. You can say it out loud. You can write it down. You can express it in poetry, song, art. You can communicate to the best of your ability. And the person who's receiving your message is still going to hear it where they're at. So you can only communicate as well as the person you're communicating with is able to meet you, if that makes sense. So let's say that somebody is really committed to being right. They're committed to being right. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to explain to them that your body is feeling tight about something. Mm -hmm. But they're committed to being right. So no matter how much you say, it feels like I'm closing in on myself. When you say this, it's making me feel like my throat's kind of closing up. I can't express myself the way I want to, but they're committed to being right about their point. It doesn't matter how well you're communicating it. They are not going to be receiving the message that you're trying to get across because they have their own agenda. And so 
it's really important to remember that no matter how much you're trying to better yourself and better your communication, it can only evolve if both people are committed to evolving. Yeah, you know? that's great. It, yeah, the, I just remembered where we brought this up in another episode was we were talking about how to connect deeply with your partner during sex. It was an awesome episode. We were talking about skin on skin contact and breathing with your partner. And then we had to zoom out and say, and also this only works if both partners are wanting to make the efforts. Yes. So the same with communication, the same with sex, the same with physical activity. It's everything in your relationship, you can really only meet your partner where they are. Yeah. And, and I wanted to make one more example and it's this, if you're coming to your partner and saying, Hey, I would really like to work on our communication. We're just not having good communication. And your partner's like, we have great communication. What are you Mm -hmm. talking about? Mm -hmm. That in and of itself is a huge problem because if one of you is seeing where there are pitfalls and one of you is not seeing that at all, that's going to be really difficult to have open and honest conversations if one person doesn't even think there's a problem. So Yeah, and it's really hard not to sink into old patterns if your partner is still communicating to your previous the previous version of you. Right. If that makes sense. So if you've done all of this work and you're like, okay, I fixed friendships and I feel really good setting boundaries with family. And then you, you get in an argument with your partner and they're using all these don'ts that we're about to talk about. It's hard for you as a partner to stay in your calm mind and your connected body instead of just jumping back to F you, okay, you know, and blowing up and sinking mm-hmm. back into that not as great level of communication. Right. And I've been there. I've been there. So I'm not just saying, you know, this is from experience. It's really hard to do work if your partner isn't and not becoming a worse version of yourself. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's the it's the evolving part. Like we – evolve as people we grow and we change and if you're wanting to grow and change and feel better in your body and your partner is really okay with staying exactly where they are now it's for you to decide am I okay with exactly the way that they are right now or am I needing to evolve past this relationship so our our podcast is always about moving forward and developing into people who are more free from their own shit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is making sure that we're in relationships that are actually bettering us or encouraging us to grow. Okay. Okay. Let's get into some do's and don'ts of communicating in a relationship, but let's start with the do nots. <laughs> also known as a don't. Also known as a don't. Get us started, Lauren. What's the first don't? 
The first don't is that we do not want to assume that the other person can read our mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is yeah. really important. I have done this so many times in previous relationships. Are you kidding me? Me too. I've done it. I still do it. The other day, I literally said out loud to Shane because I was like, oh, I'm assuming that he can read my mind right now. And so I said to him, I want you to ask me what's wrong. (laughs) Because I didn't want him. Like, it had nothing to do with him. I was frustrated about a living situation, like figuring something out. And I was kind of just being quiet. I but not even, he wasn't even in the same room. I was literally <laughs> eating, going like, and I just called out. I'm like, I want you to ask me what's wrong. And he's like, oh my God, what's wrong? I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, thank God you asked. And then I was thank able God to <laughs> express it. But, but we feel in our bodies, we have such intense emotions about things that we assume the person on the other side of the conversation is just able to be like, oh, wow, she's feeling really tense in her heart. And that is causing her mind to go to this really nuanced place where her dad said this to her as a kid. And now she's feeling insecure with me. Right. Okay. We're, we, and they are just over there reading their book, having absolutely no idea what's going through your mind. Yes. And so we, have to have the courage to come out of this place because it's a lot easier to blame the other person for not being able to feel our energy than it is to say, hey, I know we just talked about this three days ago and I don't want to be annoying, but it's still on my mind and I want to talk about it some more. Totally. You know what I mean? So we just can't assume that people can read our minds And we cannot assume that we can read somebody else's mind. And I feel like that one for women is really important, especially if you're starting to tap into your intuition, especially if you're starting to like come into your skills as, I don't know, a psychic or a really spiritual person. And you're like, oh, I know what this is he's annoyed about this and it's bringing up this mother wound that he has. And totally. so like, I totally know, just pretend like you don't know jack shit yeah. and assume the other person doesn't know jack shit about you. And then you're, you're coming to communication from a pretty good place. You can ask them, do you think this is bringing up anything to do with X, Y, Z? But don't just go assuming that you're so intuitive that you know everything about your partner. The downfall of this style of communication of assuming is that eventually you have created a version of your relationship that doesn't exist other than in your head. And more than likely, the minute you decide to open your mouth, it's going to be a waterfall of a million things that you've been holding in for the last couple of years. And your partner is going to be completely in shock, but it's going to be too late. Mm. It's too late. And I've seen this happen with one of my clients. I've also, I saw this happen to me with one of my relationships. I held everything in because I assumed that they could feel 
that I felt like the relationship had taken a downturn and everything about it was going wrong. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being that the first time I decided to open my mouth and talk about all the things that were wrong, I was already wanting to break up. I was already over the relationship. And they were like, what? (laughs) Um, You've never said a single thing. He really was that oblivious and blindsided at the same time he had no idea what was going on in my internal world but it was already too late to change the communication pattern because I had held stuff in for way too long right that's what happens we've created an entire version of the relationship and you're like he knows that everything is going sour or she knows that everything's going sour. So when I say this, they're going to agree. And it's like, you say it and they're like, what? (laughs) Where is this coming from? And it's like, I thought you've been feeling it the last year. Haven't you been feeling the radiation from my heart coming out so heavily? Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. You have to speak up from the beginning, using your voice, practicing setting your needs and your boundaries. Again, a lot of this comes from previous communication or previous wounds. So really learning how to verbalize your boundaries and your needs is so important. If you are in a relationship where you feel like it might be too late, like you've held so much in, you can still try by saying, I am going to really practice this new communication style. It's so important to me. You're so important to me. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I just see that if we do not get on the same page with our communication, we're going to end up just like my parents, you know, and you can have that conversation and see how they take it. Because sometimes people are really open to that. And sometimes they'll be like, what are you talking about? Our relationship is fine. Or like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, right. You're not going to do that or whatever. You know what I mean? But you are responsible for breaking the pattern. Nobody is going to crawl inside of your body and teach you how to be a good communicator. You have to decide that you're going to do it for yourself. And then it holds everybody up to a standard around you. Yes. Preach. Love it. All right. Item number two, our next don't. That was all the first don't. Can you believe it? I feel like we could do a million episodes on this topic because there are so many little nuances about communication. There are so many nuanced aspects of this because we're all raised differently. Yeah. It really does start in childhood. Oh, yeah. We don't have to get into that today. We could do a whole episode on that. It starts when your mom is pregnant with you. Yeah, it starts in the womb. Let's skip to number two. Number, the second don't is don't tell your partner how they feel. Very good. Oh, this has happened to me so many times. It actually happened to me last night. And that makes my blood boil. We hate I hate it. being told how I feel, especially because, sorry, I'm going to rant a little bit. I feel like I've done so much internal work to sit with my body and feel into what my body feels. And when I tell somebody how I feel, I don't want them to say, that's not what you're feeling. This is in your mind. 
no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm tapping into my body. How dare you? <laughs> Lauren, why don't you give us an example of somebody telling you <laughs> how your own body feels? Because, man, it's been done to you a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it really confused me. I want to just talk about how damaging it is when this happens. Yeah. Like when you're on the receiving end of this, it can be really really confusing. I know that this has been done to you. And I know that both of us have also done this to other people. So we're yes. not saying we're the expert communicators who have never made communication errors in our life. Oh. It can get really easy to do this to people. If you're not feeling grounded and centered, or if you're a little bit scrambled in your mind, when somebody tells you how they feel, it's so easy to say, no, it's not. How can you feel that way? That's not what I did. Right. right. It's so easy to get on the defensive because we're humans and that's what yeah. we want to do rather yeah. than just listening, which we'll hit later. But hit, hit us with an example. Okay. So an example of this would be I was in an open relationship and I was starting to feel a lot of tension in my body about it. Like, I'm serious. I was losing sleep. I was crying. I was like, not doing well. And so I would bring this to the person and say, hey, I'm, and this was way before my spiritual awakening, like yes. way before I kind of realized, oh my God, there's all of this stuff inside of me. Okay. Right. But I remember just being like, I am feeling so tight and I feel so angry. I don't like what's happening. I don't like this ex example, this example. And the person would say to me, this is just because you haven't had enough experience and you've been programmed by society to be frustrated by these things. It's an immaturity thing. So you can't really trust your body. Like you can't really trust all these feelings that are coming up because it's been programmed into you. You're creating it in your mind. Man, that is so damaging. Yes. So so damaging. It's telling you that what you're feeling is inaccurate. It was not only inaccurate, but that it was, then there was the component of that I was damaging him. So he would say, you told me that you were okay with this and now you're taking it away from me. And can you see how wrong that is? It, it, it was like so manipulative. So, manipul so it's taking your feeling for your body, mm -hmm. telling you it wasn't valid, and then telling you that what you were feeling is actually causing damage to others. Yes. That I am so sorry that that happened to you. It was too advanced. It was too advanced. It was I too could, advanced. I because then not. you're also feeling like your feelings are not valid. And it's actually work that you need to be doing to make sure your body is feeling differently than that. Right. So it Which was. so confusing. Yeah. And then. Obviously, and this wasn't supposed to be all about me. This was just an example, but I just want to show you the level that this can get to. I mean, yeah. communication is not 
like you can see how I was trying my best to communicate something. What was being received was never going to be what I intended because this person had an ulterior motive. They wanted the relationship to be a certain way. And so no matter what I said and what I tried to work through, this was going to be an issue for me. And so I ended up, I ended up in a situation where I was constantly feeling like I was the less evolved partner. Like I was the one that needed to be doing all of this work because he was so advanced and able to really work with his emotions and work through them. And I was bringing down our partnership because I could not get past these like immature feelings. Right. And so I just want to validate, I want to validate the wolf pack though in saying that how you feel in your body Nobody can take that away from you. And this isn't saying this is this is where work needs to be done, though, because some people confuse what they're feeling in their body for actually just rampant, negative, spiraling thoughts. Mm-hmm. Once you can separate that and say, no, I'm actually not thinking that this is what's going on. I'm feeling tension in my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling sick to my stomach. Because Mm -hmm. of this action, I'm feeling this closed off nature in my chest. That is something that somebody cannot take away from you. So making sure you can make that connection is really important. Because Mm -hmm. if you were in a place like Lauren was in that relationship, but you also don't have a felt sense for your own body, you can be completely manipulated into situations that you don't want to be in at all. Right. And stay in really toxic and abusive relationship. Yeah. And it takes a lot of work to undo it. Like, I still cannot believe, like, things will still come up in me around this, like, I mean, Shane is the least manipulative person on the planet. Like, he is totally uninterested in anybody doing anything that they're not fully into, you know, like, nothing at all. I will still sometimes get these like surges of like, oh my God, he's probably manipulating me. Like when it has nothing to do with that because of that intense and very advanced manipulation that I experienced. Yeah. It was so wild and it was never like physical manipulation or anything like that. It was strictly from communication. That style of communication is it takes a lot of work to undo those things. I can understand it. Mm-hmm. I can understand it. All right. That brings us to our third don't. Yes. And our third don't is, this is for the person who's actually bringing stuff up. Don't bring things up if you aren't willing to create a solution. Okay. Yes. I want to do an example of this first and then we can kind of talk about it on the back end because this is something that happened to me in the end of one of my relationships and it was actually really damaging for me as the receiver. So what would happen is that my partner would sit me down to have a conversation about things that they did not like in the relationship. They would spend 15, 20, 30 minutes 
yelling at me about things that I was doing to them, not making them feel worthy, not making them feel like they had a voice. I wasn't trusting them. I wasn't making it feel like the things they had to say were important. So I was just sitting there through all this. This is not just a single time that this happened. It was a lot of times actually. And I was sitting there as the receiver of communication trying to listen. And I would say, okay, wow, I am so sorry if I was doing all those things to you. I want to better my communication. How can I change things next time not to make you feel that way? Or what can we do to remedy this? And they would say, there's no way to remedy it. I'm just letting you know that that's what happened. (laughs) Okay. Not okay. Not okay. okay. Not okay to do that to a partner ever. It's never okay to be bringing things up to be essentially belittling your partner for how they treat you. If there's no way that you're going to be giving constructive criticism or working through a compromise in the relationship. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's not, that's not communication. And if your partner is doing this to you, it can be really confusing because all of a sudden you are left feeling so small and like you don't have a voice because you're saying, okay, wow, I'm trying here to work through these things. If that's how I'm making you feel, man, really don't want that. So what can we do? But that's not the point. That's not a communication tactic. It's them just trying to be right. Yes. Coming back to them trying to be right. I, yes. And honestly, I've done this before, like in friendship. I've said like, there's nothing you can say, really. I just need to tell you that this is how I feel. And that friendship ended because I actually wasn't available for solutions. I didn't want solutions. I just wanted to express, whoa, this is happening. But what that means is there needs to be an ending. If you are not able to hear and to evolve and the other person isn't able to hear and evolve, there has to be an ending. Yeah. Unless you're okay moving forward in the relationship without anything changing. Right. If you're okay with that kind of communication style, but it's not healthy. Yeah, it isn't healthy. So that's a great point. If it comes down to that in your relationship and there are no solutions and you're just essentially badgering each other, telling each other what you don't like about them, that relationship is over. The relationship is over. It's not because you're not willing to better your communication. So yeah. If there's no solution and you're just nitpicking, then it's not going to work. Right. The basis of any great relationship, friendship, family member, anything is communication. So if that's gone, there's no further. It's no further. And I think it's important to say that both people can be okay communicators in their own right. And it might still not be a match. Like we have had many situations after, you know, my last breakup and everything where the person I was communicating with was not a piece of shit. It's just that it wasn't the right communication partners for me. 
And so there has to be a natural ending of like, okay, this can't go on. Like, what are you going to do? You've got to cut that shit off. I mean, in my life, I don't have room for that. So it's up to you. If you have room for constantly being misunderstood and you're okay with constantly misunderstanding the people in your life, then that's on you. That is not for me. So in my situation, I, you know, end that kind of stuff because it sucks big time. Yeah, sucks big time. It doesn't feel good for either partner. So it's over. It's over. It's over. Yeah. Now that it's over, let's talk about what you can do in your next relationship. (laughs) Yes. Now that you've gone through a breakup and you've come back to listen. Yes. Now, here are a few do's of communication. Okay. Couple do's. Number one, do choose a good time and a place for conversation. Yes. Very important. Very critical. We've talked about this before when it comes to, I think it was in our initiating sex episode when we talked about how you never want to be, you know, laying in bed next to the person and be like, I really wish that you would initiate some goddamn sex in our marriage, you know, like that is not the time to do it. When you're wanting to bring up something that has been bothering you or that has been on your mind or that you really need to work through, I highly recommend doing this when you're not in a heated situation, when you can have the person's full attention, when there isn't a lot of chaos going on, and when you're able to be as mindful as you possibly can and really listen to what they have to say. I am notoriously horrific at this do. I'm notoriously so bad at it because I am a person that feels like there's no time but the pre- like the present and I can't handle it if I have to wait one more second. So I am not good at this one, but I am trying my best. You're not good at this one. No. I actually am good at this one. Well, would you believe that? Would you believe that? We're just yin and yang here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I can tell in a situation where something isn't going to quite work or hit home like it would in a different situation. So I love having conversations in the car. I love having a conversation when we're in a really good place. Yes. And then you kind of slip in a little something that you're upset about and then it can go right back to another good thing. I just, I want to make it clear that sometimes in a relationship, if your partner is bringing something up that they're upset about, it's not the perfect time for you to say, hey, well, while we're on the subject, these are seven things that actually really freaking piss me off about you (laughs) okay it's not a good time to do that we want to be having productive conversations that are really honoring both partners yeah if your partner is upset let's honor that feeling instead of saying oh I've got some stuff that I can bring up here too this kind of spills over into our listening piece but 
choosing a time to communicate when you feel like your partner is ready to receive, not like when they're busy, not when they're about to leave the house. Hey, can we talk about this thing later that really upset me? And then they go to work and they're like thinking the whole day you're going to break up with them. It's not just got to use common sense here. (laughs) Yes. This one is probably the hardest one to do. I think this is our hardest do because sometimes somebody pisses you off and you're like, Hey, by the way, I'm about to snap your computer in half if you're doing this habit ever again. And then you're like, and also I'm going to a girl's dinner. Bye. Right. Yeah. I don't know how. It is hard. It is hard. hard. One of the things that I like to do and that I can recommend here for somebody who's a beginner at good timing (laughs) is, is taking some deep breaths. And for me. Yeah. For me, what happens is I know what happens in my body. So I know that I get my, all of my energy always goes directly to my heart. So I can feel my heart having this little like rage convulsion where it's like, oh, if I don't say this right now, I can't move on with my life. It's kind of this selfish, like, oh, I'm going to freaking, like I, and it literally might be about nothing, but I I have a ragey heart. What can I say? She's a little worried. heart. Yeah, it's true. And so I like to actually physically, you guessed it, pull my shoulders back, remind myself, okay, I'm safe in my body. I have a lot of other things to do today. This person does not deserve or need all of my attention to be focused on them. I can have this in my body, express it when it needs to come through, and also work on something that matters to me right now. I can work on my book. I can plan a podcast episode. I can send out an email. Like, not to distract myself, but just to remind me that this is not all-consuming. This is not going to destroy my day if I can't talk about it right now. And I can calm down a little bit. I want to give our wolf pack the permission to just not say it all right away. And you know what? I think this is actually a really good place for therapy or coaching if that's what you're doing with your partner. Because when I was doing therapy with a previous partner, it really helped knowing that once a week we were having a place to go where I could release everything. So I would kind of wait on the little things that were driving me crazy. And sometimes when it came time to talking in therapy, it wasn't bothering me anyways. Mm-hmm. Like that little, it was like, you know what, out of all the things like little stuff about it can piss us off about our partners. Like, I actually want to focus on this one thing that really hurt me. Yeah. You know, kind of like picking your poison. It just saying the little things right away. I don't know. When relationships get like that to me, it feels like starts to feel like it's a mother and son or mother and daughter type of relationship. Yeah. When you're not choosing your battles, it just starts to get a little annoying. Yeah. And yeah. Then, then you're starting to get annoyed about how the other person is breathing. Like it yeah. does. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think another good outlet could be journaling. 
Yes. Like it is really incredible when I look back at my journals from when I was in unhealthy relationships or when I was even in unhealthy friendships for me. Mm. It's so obvious how chaotic my mind is. It's like just chaos. I'm trying to work through stuff. I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to use this kind of communication, that kind of communication. I said this, I said that. Honestly, this is divulging a lot of personal information. That never happens with Shane because when I go back and read my journal, it's so clear that like my mind and body are not trying to signal me that something isn't right. You know, I may write something down like, I don't know, even when I go, I guess what I'm trying to say is even when I go to write it down, like let's say that I think I'm upset about something. When I go to write it down, it feels like the most, the least important thing that I have to journal about. I don't even write it down. Yeah. So it, I think it's important to have a journaling practice so that you can really see what your body's trying to work through. Mm-hmm. I don't know another way. I, I've never, I've always journaled. I've been such a journaler my whole life. And thank God, because I can really see there, oh, obviously this needed to come to a close or obviously Lauren, you're being an idiot because, you know, look. So Mm -hmm. that's been my thing. Yeah. Journaling is great. Journaling, therapy, coaching, doing some breath work, even giving yourself the permission to just say, you know what, this thing actually is important to me. I'm bringing it up tonight. But just sitting with your body in the meantime, and I've actually recommended this for a couple clients before too, you can actually write down what you're upset about to your partner and read that to them or give that to them because sometimes when we're in the heat of the moment and we're just saying stuff, it feels like the point that you're trying to get across in the first place can get really fuzzy if you're trying to get words to it and you're trying not to bring up previous experiences and stay really present and sometimes you just need to take a breath go on your own write down what's actually upsetting you so that you can have time to sit with it before you say it to your partner totally it's one of my favorite techniques it's one of my favorite techniques too and it says a lot like if you're in a healthy relationship, I feel like when you show effort, it's received well. Like if, you know, I'm just trying to imagine if my partner came to me and said, I've been really struggling with this thing and I wrote it down and I want to read it to you so that I can get it out. I would just say, it's like so sweet, you know, even if it's hard to hear, it's like, okay, you're really showing some effort And that means a lot to me versus if somebody did that and I'm like, I literally can't read this right now. You know, like there, you can tell a lot, a lot, a lot about how your partner is willing to interact with you when you start to show effort. Ah, yes. Oh my God. Yes. Mm -hmm. I want to throw something in here. Because this is something that just happened with a client of mine. And it's actually something that I did in my last relationship too. It sort of is on the topic of communication today. But I think this is very important for the wolf pack. 
when we're in a relationship that's not serving us, it's easy to walk away. It's easy to put up a blinder and put up blocks and start pulling away from your partner. What's actually more difficult and takes more skill and effort and calm in your mind is you deciding that you're going to be exactly the partner you've always wanted to be for your partner, okay? And this is not me talking about abusive relationships. This is not me talking about someone who's really been hurting you over and over. That's a different scenario. But if you're in a relationship and you can see this going somewhere, but you're almost at your wit's end, my favorite thing to do and something that felt really good to do in my heart was just say, you know what? How can I make the most effort? How can I show up as a partner how I'm really wanting to in my communication, in my effort, in my favors to them, in my doing sweet nothings? Because you stepping into that and showing them that you're the partner you've always wanted to be shows much more on their end than it does yours. Mm, so this so shows, good. yeah, it, and I'm telling you, because you know what? When I ended up walking away from the relationship, what I had in my heart was I gave that my freaking all. Mm. I gave that my best. I showed up as the best partner I could possibly be to that person. I asked them to go to therapy. I tried to switch our communication, the location. I tried my best. And now I'm walking away because they're not matching my best. Right. Right. That's so, so Camille. Thank you. And this is a good thing for communication and sex too. Like you going back to heal all your wounds and learning about yourself, learning how to communicate better. This is reflecting out of you and it's showing you if your partner's ready to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, it's going to be way more obvious to you and you're going to be able to walk away with a clear conscience. That was excellent advice. That is a mic drop. Thank you. Why don't you show us by dropping your mic? (laughs) (laughs) That was very good. It's a mic tap. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. This brings us to our next do, which is also sort of, you know, it's just all been a part of the same big scheme, but listening, 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 listening to your partner. Yes, we value in our society communicating verbally a lot more than we do communicating auditorily. And both are important. You can only be as good of a communicator as you are a good listener. Yes. It is really important to be honest with yourself about this. Most of us listen to respond. We're listening to what somebody is saying. We're clocking when we have something to say back. And then we're repeating what we're going to say back in our head while they're finishing their point so that the second they're done, we can blurt it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it is important when we're having a conversation with somebody that we really love to see how mindful we can stay to really listen to what they're saying and 
be with their words more than we are being with our own desire to respond to it. One of Shane's best friends is a really good example of this. And he taught Shane a lot about how to listen because Shane said that he would be on a vacation with this guy and they would tell, Shane would tell him a story. And Shane would be going on and on about his story. And then the story would be over and his friend would just remain quiet. (laughs) And... Shane at first thought that maybe his friend lost interest or whatever. And then all of a sudden his friend would just open his mouth and have the most beautiful response to something really detailed that Shane had said. And he realized that his friend was not ignoring him. He was really taking in what Shane was saying and then able to respond in this really concise, beautiful, specific way. And it's the Shane's favorite person to speak to because of this. Wow. Yes. So it's, it's, he devoted himself to not listening to respond, but listening to really hear the impact of what the other person was saying. And this is a lot easier when we're not having heated conversations Mm-hmm. No, like when we're in a fight, it's a lot harder to be like, I'm really going to listen to what you're saying. But if somebody's coming to you with a, a pain or, you know, just sharing a part of their day, how much can you actually just open yourself and hear them versus trying to rush them through it so that you can say your piece? So beautifully said. I was going to try to wait and do a good response there. <laughs> It's funny on podcasting because it's supposed to be like quick response. Yes. But I do love that concept so much Mm -hmm. because I feel like when we get caught up in what we want to say, you almost blank out the entire end of the conversation. You're just like waiting for their last words that you can jump in right away. Totally. I mean, I've done that so many times. Oh my gosh. And it's even easier to do that if you're having an argument that you've had a million times and you feel like you already know what the person is going to say. You know what I mean? Like I can just think of this as you kind of just tune people out. And that's important for you to take note of too, is if you've had a conversation so many times that you're blue in the face about it, it might be a good idea to try a different approach. Yeah, that's a really good point. I have recently started listening in a new way because I – I would get really caught up in somebody's story and want to do a response as well, especially since getting into coaching, because I feel like everybody wants my advice, which is just an ego thing. But I feel like, okay, they know I have really good words to say about this. They're telling me this so that I can support them through it. They're needing my support. I was assuming that everybody was needing my support. And then I saw this video of a coach talking about it. And she said, when I'm listening to people talk, I will wait for a question mark. If they're coming to me to vent, I wait for a question mark. If there's no question mark, they're actually not asking me for guidance. 
Mm. And part of that really hit me. And so I experimented a little bit with this the other day. And I had a friend who came to me and she wanted to vent. She was sending me some voice notes. And I had asked her, how are you doing today? I knew she was kind of going through a little something. And instead of just sending her an immediate response, I just asked her, what do you need from me right now? Are you wanting guidance? Do you just kind of want to vent? Do you want to go have a girl's day? Do you want me to say I fucking hate him? I didn't say that, but (laughs) I was essentially asking her, what are you wanting after I'm hearing all of this information? Because I have a million responses I want to say, but maybe she already got advice from somebody else. And she's Mm -hmm. just wanting me to listen and me just go, you know what, girl, I'm on your side. Mm -hmm. I'm on your side today. Do you Mm -hmm. want me to be the devil's advocate? What do you need? And I think that that helps. And sometimes that can be annoying as a person who's saying something for someone to go, what do you need from me right now? So I'm not saying to do this every time, but in relationships, sometimes, sometimes your partner doesn't need advice. They don't want confrontation. What they want is for you to just listen. Right. I think that that's important. Yes, I agree. Our final do in this segment is sort of along the lines as one of our don'ts. Don't tell your partner how they feel. This one is do use I statements or I feel statements. Mm-hmm. The difference between I statements and you statements would be something like this. A you statement would be you are such a slob. You're so filthy. An I statement would say, I feel frustrated when you don't put your clothes in the hamper. It's a great example. I statements are really important because it takes responsibility for your own emotions. You are not... You do not have the ability to tell somebody who they are and what they're doing. But you do have the ability to say, I feel this way in this situation. And what happens is then the other person isn't as much on the defensive. There's a clear understanding of how you're feeling, that you're taking responsibility for it, and you're coming to the conversation as a conversation and less of as an attack. This sits pretty closely with the don't that we said. Don't bring things up if you're not willing to create a solution. When we use you statements, you are making me feel like crap. You make me feel like I'm not heard. You, you, you. It's also a reflection that we have not done any work for ourselves to know the difference between being in our mind and being in our body. Mm -hmm. A lot of the you statements just removes any type of blame off of you and makes it seem like somebody else is responsible for your emotions. Right. What you can take responsibility for is the way that you feel in your body. Mm -hmm. So being able to communicate that and saying, I'm having this tightness in my chest whenever – we're around this person. Let's talk about that. Right. Or I feel like my stomach just dropped when you said that to me. I I didn't, I hate how this is feeling, you know? 
Right. It just leaves it open for communication rather than saying you're doing this and that's final. It's like, yes, what do we fix from there? No, if I feel tension in my heart, okay, let's ease your heart tension. Let's talk through this. And there's a lot. If you just Google (laughs) I statements versus you statements, you can see a lot of different examples about how one makes the person feel small and shitty and one makes them feel like you're taking responsibility and you're trying to solve this issue together. Yeah. Okay. We have Wolfpack, we're running into an issue because we're close to an hour and a half. That's going to be a long episode. episode. Yes. It's going to be, this is a long episode because we have so much to say. And this is just skimming the surface of communication with your relationships. We could go on forever. If you, we're going to give you a couple body communication exercises that you can do with your partner. But if you're absolutely obsessed with this episode, give me more. I need to hear more. I'm ready to work on communication. So is my partner. We're listening to this together. Let us know. Send us a DM. Send us a voicemail on our website, thedenmothers.com. And let us know if you love it. And we will do a part two. Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's get a couple body communication exercises in here. Lauren, these are your specialty and I love them too. Lauren has mostly taught me how to do these. What do we got for number one? Number one, we're going to practice some eye gazing with your partner. I love so, eye gazing. So often we kind of forget that our partner is this whole galaxy, this whole other person that we're choosing to spend every day with. And so it's really important to just come back to the magic of, whoa, we're alive and we're choosing to be together. And that's really beautiful. And so having eye contact with your partner, because often think about that. When you're first falling in love, you're making eye contact, you're kissing, you're spending a lot of time around each other's faces. And as time goes on, if there are kids involved, you're working, you know, there's so much happening that you can kind of lose track of that intimate, slow, loving feeling. So turn on some music, set a timer for three minutes, hold your partner's hand, sit across from them, and just look into each other's eyes silently for three to 10 minutes and just see what comes up. It can be very emotional. Yeah, I love eye gazing. I just did this. I talked about this last time at the cacao experience. We did eye gazing with a stranger and we were laughing. We got tears in our eyes. It really is. There's something so special about looking into somebody's soul, like really holding that connection. And I was hearing a video on this the other day and it really rang true for me when we are in relationships for a long time we start to avoid things that could potentially turn into sex if we're not feeling horny oh okay so we stop making out we stop caressing each other holding each other because if one person isn't in the mood we start assuming that any action we start doing like that is supposed to turn into intimacy. Mm. So creating practices with your partner, like eye gazing, 
when it's not turning into something sexual is so important to build the connection without thinking penetration and orgasm is the final goal. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I I love that too. They were talking about it in terms of making out, but eye gazing is the same. Whenever you're intimately looking at your partner, it feels like, oh my God, because at the beginning when you're doing this with your partner, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to turn into sex. Of course, this is the hottest thing ever. Right. But we need to make sure we're not rejecting practices just because we don't want to be physically intimate at that time. We still need to be working on connection. And eye gazing is very special. Mm-hmm. It's very special. Every partner should be doing it. Every couple should be doing it. And if eye gazing is too hippie for you, you can just call it looking at each other, like looking into each other's eyes. You can call it whatever you want. Just look at each other, everybody. Just look at each other. All right. Let's do our second body communication practice and the finale of this episode. Okay. The second one is going to be two in one. And this is listening to each other's heartbeats and breathing together. So this is pretty obvious. Listening to somebody else's heartbeat and just actually listening to it is so wild because you're listening to the little vessel that's keeping this person alive. It's amazing. The blood pumping through their body. Yes. And and you can hear how the heart rate changes. It's just incredible. It's beautiful. I love it. So those are that. And then also listening to, I also love to listen to my dog's heartbeat. Like just listening to a little alive being, it helps you feel very connected. It's such a beautiful sound and everybody's heartbeat sounds just a little different. God, there is something really special about, I can think about Momo's heartbeat. Lauren's dog. It's Uh really special. I'm going to listen to Rudy's after this. I'm going to listen to Rudy's too. I miss him. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. But let's connect. Connecting this with the breath is, again, so romantic, but in a non-intimate, it's so intimate without actually being penetrated. Yes. Yes. These are really important intimacy things. And these could also go into how to improve your sex life with your partner, you know? So this just coming back to connection and remembering like if you're with the person that you want to be with for your whole life and you're struggling to communicate or struggling to be heard or seen, sometimes I really just like to put things into perspective. Like you could die tomorrow. How important is the hamper thing to you? How important is it that they're not cleaning the kitchen to your standard? You know, is, is that something that if they leave the house and don't come back, that that would be your, you'd be okay with that being your last fight. Yeah. Like really coming back to, okay, I'm choosing to be with this person. I either want to have children with them or we decided not to have kids or we do have kids and I love them. They're my favorite person. Okay. How can you communicate in a way that shows this person that that's what they mean to you and vice versa. So listening to their heartbeat, breathing with each other, looking into each other's eyes are all these ways that we can non-verbally reconnect. Yeah, that's, God, that's really special. 
it's special because we can get so wrapped up in relationships and communication is both our best tool and our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And I think more than likely a lot of people right now in our society are on the worst enemy being your communicator perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes what we need to just do is take a moment, breathe, reconnect, choose a good time and place, communicate with feeling instead of thinking. It's all stuff that seems so natural, but we've slipped so far away from it. Nonverbal communication, too, is something that I would love to talk about in another episode which nonverbal communication is why the eye gazing, the heartbeat listening and the breathing are so important because our bodies take in messages so much more from nonverbal communication than they do from verbal communication. Mm. So if you're teaching your body that you're wanting to connect with this person, the body listens to that and remembers that. And then you can have more intention with your verbal communication. So it's both. It's your body and it's your mouth. And just like that, we've wrapped up another episode with the Den Mothers. That's right. We love you. We would love to hear your feedback about this episode. I know we're already going to do a part two of this, but if you want it ASAP, let us know. We will schedule it in to our little recording schedule Don't forget to find us at our website, thedenmothers.com. You can buy us a coffee. You can send us a voicemail. You can join our email list. And you can find all of our YouTube, TikTok, Instagrams for our combined pages and personal pages from there. We love you so much. We will see you next week. See you next week. Ow, ow, ow.